The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, hey, hey. Dick and Skippy in the morning's very special episode, because Mom always said we were special. But it's special because we're oh, man, someone hit the one. camera. What are you guys doing hitting cameras, yeah, dude? Yeah, you took the camera off of Dick, man. No, the, the wrong one. Wrong no. one, man. Yeah, you been one. moving my cameras? Yeah. Let's get on Dick. Who's no. first production here? <laughs> you still didn't even move it back correctly. It's pointed at Dustin. I mean, <laughs> well, I, guess we, we'll, I guess we'll do that. We I mean. have a special guest in the studio and a very special Dick and Skippy in the mornings because it's the evening for need, us. That needs to be pointed at Dustin. I was kidding. That one, that one, yeah, that one in your hand. As long as you don't jack with my the one camera, to your, that's one to okay. your left needs to be looking at Dustin. Alan's already good. Alan's on this camera. So that camera right in front of you, not that one, the other one. That one right there we'll, we'll needs to be pointed. We're, we're going to broadcast this. Yeah, we're no, we're we're, yeah. we're keeping this. <laughs> There's we're, no we're e- keeping this. There is no editing on this whatsoever. All right. Well, welcome to uh, Dick and Skippy in the morning. It's here on Lone Star Community Radio. We are recording this episode uh, not at our normal time because we really wanted to get the Sons of History in together at yeah. one time. And Alan is a very busy man, uh, and he he can't do anything post uh, three p.m. or pre three p.m. So now he uh, has come into the studio with. Uh, Dustin this time. Uh, well, Dick, you know, i got to point out that it's 5.45 in the evening, which means it's an hour and a quarter past my dinner time at Luby's. You do look like a Luby's dude. I, yeah, I'm of the age. Like, if there was a Luby's dude, and what's great about you is, like, you'd be that guy who would show up while they're trying to film a commercial, and he's just like, no, I want to eat. And Give like, me my Luan platter. Eat here. I, platter. I, want like, my, I want my Luan roast beef. It's like, well, sir, you're going to be in a car. I'm not signing that. I want to eat Luby's. And I'm then giving a shout out to my favorite Luby's waitress, Carol, who always has a slice of pecan pie to get for me to give my mom. So, yeah. Does she pay for that herself? Yeah. Who Carol does? Yeah, like, who, Carol. Who are we talking about? Carol, my waitress at no. my favorite waitress at Luby's. If if I'm there without my mom, there aren't any waitresses at Luby's. You get your food right then. They're they're servers. Like they're, they're not waiters and waitresses. You get your own drinks there. It's the tea yeah. lady, maybe. No, they, they got rid of the tea, tea lady. lady. No, the tea lady. That place gone. was they so actually, confusing oh, wow. every time I went there. In the old days, remember Luby's where you could pace the how you drank your your iced tea depending on that little old lady with the cart. Circumnavigating you the restaurant, get your own. you could kind of Rose. figure out how. Which, yeah, Rose. Rose it was always, her was name was Rose, and uh, the Luby's off of Greens Road and Forty Five. Mm-hmm. She was there for 
all throughout my childhood. Yeah, and my in my South years. Post Oak Boulevard Luby's same. How much thing? are you supposed to tip I, those yeah, people? Yeah, no, I was going to ask. Do you tip them or uh, you don't? No, it's it's you didn't in the old days. How you treat them like the French? You don't tip. What? It's it's they just, do they just roll people. over? You ask you ask for a yeah, roll tip, and they just roll over. <laughs> you tip them in sweet and low packages. It, <laughs> you get their attention by waving a well, white whoever, flag. Like who you know, designed the, the, the Luby's people that I've seen? They don't seem to be insulted when I leave them like a, a buck or two and walk away. I don't think anyone gets insulted with that. <laughs> leave a dog. Hey, I had to get that my own food. An insult. Luby's not I a sponsor of Dick and Skippy in the morning. <laughs> no, there's a reason why they're going bankrupt. No, <laughs> no, they're back. They couldn't. No, they're, they're going to go bankrupt. No, they can't figure out what kind they, of restaurant not a, they want Not if be. I'm still eating there. I, I keep them in business. <laughs> but yeah, we have... You and your free pecan pies. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? Perfect. But Again, we do have... There's a reason why they're going Dustin and Alan in the studio. This is so cool. Uh, those of you who missed the uh, episode about a week ago, yeah. or a little bit longer now since we're, we're pre-recording this, we had Dustin in the studio. Al, Alan called in. Great conversation. Uh, we talked about all different kinds of stuff, including Operation Paperclip, which they... Introduce them to their next podcast, mm-hmm. Sons of History, uh, and uh, we got him back. Yeah, I'm really excited because we can kind of go in a more in-depth conversation about history. You guys, you guys being the historians of today's show, uh, do. Why did you finger quote that? You're the historian. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me see. They're they're not the librarians. Well, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah, like when you're when you go to school for history, what was that? What do you graduate with? A doctorate in history? Well, if you go all the way, I would. Are y'all? Are you any of y'all doctorates of anything? No, no but I mean, I can, I'm a bachelor. I can call myself a woman now, so I figure you identify yeah, with the multiple like, PhD. Well, clearly, history fluid. Uh, well, what I'm what I'm hoping is y'all know more than me. Because, oh, that's a given. Because that's why I like having people. I, I'm in. pretty confident that's going to happen. Well, so, I, that's that's why we have people in here. Uh, so I'm excited. I do want to remind folks that in the description area that you can find all the links to Sons of History, and you can listen to them on Lone Star Community Radio at one o'clock on Mondays. Yeah. Now so, do do um, comment. You know, still drop comments today, even though we're not live, because we still get those, and we can pass them on yeah. to these gents as well. Well, yeah, I'm really excited because today's kind of a chaotic world. Uh, if people don't know, today's the 26th. That's when we're recording it. Uh, Hurricane Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah. is somewhere around here. Uh, so I hope everyone's being safe right now. But is it just me or should she have been called Hurricane Karen? That's for the next one, actually. Yeah, right. 2020. I know, yeah. right? Definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not the one who chooses I, that stuff. I thought this one should have been called Polo, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Marco, next Marco Polo. Yeah, I got it. Well, you know, when Scoozy. it's better when you uh, show some sort of reaction <laughs> rather than you having to guess <laughs> if I get it or not. You know, I, I mean, the I pity date is, is an honorable thing. Well, again, I'm happy to have the history guys in. So we're going to talk a little bit about history and history. Make, yes. Yeah. Can you put air quotes around that every time you mm-hmm. say that? Please? Uh, his, historians. Yeah. Well, that's historian. When I say historian, I'll do the quotes. But when I say history. Okay. Got worry. it. Uh, yeah. Y'all, y'all calm down, man. <laughs> so if you have any questions for them or anything, uh, visit their uh, website and then their YouTube or all their social media. It's all right there in the description. So if you have questions, because you guys do respond a lot. Y'all have great social media presence. Y'all, y'all carry a conversation every time you go on. So that's one thing I like is you, you kind of sp- you kind of like, hey, think about this way mm-hmm. and this and think about it and then write back and all that kind of stuff. Because I do have a, a big question uh, that I've been trying to figure out how to say. But we were talking a little bit on this morning's show is, you know, every great civilization has, 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 uh, that's fallen, there has to be a certain point where internally they knew something was going on. 
And I'm, I don't know anything about like Rome or the USSR or, I mean, I would even say Germany, 1940s. And then there's uh, plenty of other big, big names out there that have fallen. And it wasn't because like day one, you know, they didn't have any money in the bank or something like that. So with today's world of chaos going on with the riots and everything, do you see anything going on today that would be like a, a, a thing we take as an example from history going, oh, this isn't the right direction, guys. This is a very bad direction we're going, especially in the United States. Do you guys see anything? Well, I mean, we've discussed Spain on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the Civil War in Spain from 36 to 39, uh, very similar in terms of winner takes all. That's the attitude of whoever wins the election. The we're you know we're going to take back the White House. We're going to take back this or take back that. And then, you know, th th this country right now doesn't understand the concept of the Tenth Amendment or the Ninth Amendment or the states or why the Constitution was even written. You know, the Constitution was written as a compact between the newly formed federal government, which all the states suspected of wanting greater power and the 13 states. And so the Constitution was written in a way to prove to the 13 states, hey, not, yeah. we only have so much power. But now everybody that I see in social media expects the federal government to run everything. Mm -hmm. The president needs to have a mandate across the entire country where everyone has to wear a mask. Yeah. And I got and, in that conversation with some by pointing out what I thought was fairly obvious because this was a librarian that I was talking to, an mm -hmm. actual librarian who has full access to, you know, a library, yeah. saying we have three branches of government and they can intertwine. And I gave the example of president choose executive branch chooses a nominee for the Supreme Court. And then the legislative branch confirms that nomination. And then the judicial branch gets the – but from that moment on – you know, president can't change his mind or Senate can say, we want to undo this. Yeah. And so, you know, separate, equal, you know, whatever. And that there are laws that the president can't make a law. Mm -hmm. The only way to enforce it is to make a law. President can't do that. The, or else there'd be nothing stopping the president from saying, okay, you must all call me Pookie and pay me tribute every month. Mm -hmm. So you can't do it. Only Congress can make an enforceable law and we have a democrat controlled congress right now Sean and are you trying going on. are you trying to be a historian <clears throat> right now by bringing No all this these is a things? current affairs dude <laughs> Well I, I want is my question make any sense yeah, where I, I, like uh, I think so I mean cuz Spain is one that we've used a lot I, I wrote an article uh, a number of months back for the Epic Times regarding that like asking I think I wrote that in November or December of last year is America heading toward a civil war like Spain. Um, and I think another one would be Athens um, with with their democratic system of 50.1 percent, you know, the majority rule. Mm -hmm. like, and, and if you lose, look out. And I think there there are safeguards that will protect us from having a demise much like any other country because we created our, our, our government unlike any other country. Um, so there are safeguards and to, to Alan's point and, and to Sean's point, it, it does not make sense for the executive to make these sleep sweeping laws. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's, it's, it's hardly logical. It's rarely logical, despite the fact that laws are passed on the constant. 
that are federal laws that are sweeping across the nation. Um, because the founding fathers sort of saw the 13 colonies or the 13 states as sort of like separate countries, separate entities, but all coming under, as, as they called it in their Articles of Confederation, a, a, a friendship, like a strong friendship, right? Well, that didn't really work, so they needed to bring it together a little, little stronger, a little tighter, and give some more power to the executive, but they didn't anticipate him acting like a king. That was one of their greatest fears, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that today's society has, one, not just today's society, but I would say over the past 100 years, you know, definitely 50, 60 years, we've wanted to give more power to the executive. And I don't know really where that comes from. I don't know if that's education or miseducation. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that's the easiest way to get a result. Right. Because it takes, yes, it takes one person to say, make it law or make Mm -hmm. it so. And then there I can go to work and make the salary or I can have the the government give me the doll. It's like, okay, I have, I'm a single, you know, I'm just this one individual I put this law out there, now everybody abide. Instead of, okay, wait a minute. So it either the bill either originates in the House or the Senate, and then it has to go through the other, you know, the second house of the legislature, and you know, and then it has to have a certain amount of votes for it to even get brought to the floor, and then you have to vote in both houses and it has to get approved, and then the, the president has to sign off on it. And if he doesn't sign off on it, it can get kicked back and then, you know, revised or, or passed again. So it's like, it's a hard thing to, and then it has to pass judicial review as, as well, make sure it's constitutional. And people are like, well, you know, it's too difficult. Yeah, that's that's why it's, yeah. it's supposed to be that difficult. And then at the same time, you can have all 50 states sue against the law that's passed if they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, Republican states constantly sued the Obama administration, Democrat states have constantly sued the Trump administration. And that's good. That's a that's a necessity. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that keeps us safe. What the founding fathers said, however, was if the people don't want it, it won't last. And that is that's probably my greatest fear is not the the Senate or the House, or the executive getting too powerful. It's the people saying, we don't know what the Constitution is, but we know that it's old and we don't like old things, so it's outdated by fiat. Therefore, let's get rid of it. And then you bring in something that, you know, you don't know what it's going to be, but you know it's not going to be better than what already is. As Benjamin Franklin said, this isn't perfect, but it's the closest thing that I've ever seen to being perfect regarding the Constitution. So there are a lot of similarities. I think that the safeguards keep us different than any other nation that's ever come into existence. Um, but it also, with, with those historical references, it comes down to the people. Do they want that type of system? Because the people are more than capable of dismantling it themselves. Well, there's, um, we have a system of, of checks and balances to keep one, one uh, you know, like the executive from being too powerful against the legislative or the judicial. However, if the, if the three branches of the federal government unite and give themselves more power, we no longer have a check against the federal government. Mm-hmm. Who's, you know, the states are supposed to have a say whether the federal government has a right to give itself more power. You know, they were very specific about what 
what what they can do versus what the states can do. You know, the 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 Constitution said this is what we can do, and that's it. The states are supposed to do the rest. You know, I, I don't know if a lot of our listeners knew this, but um, nine nine of the thirteen states had established religions. They had an established church. Now, that's not something that the federal government is supposed to touch, but the states had it. Mm-hmm. Now, the federal government has found a way to exert its power over the states when it comes to religion. I'm not suggesting that we should have an established church. What I'm saying is, is that the federal government found a way to exert that power over the states. Now, look, let's take a look at the people, like what he was saying when the people don't know civics, when the people don't know what rights they have, um, you know, that, that the Bill of Rights wasn't written to give us rights. The Bill of Rights was written to protect our rights. We already had rights. They're known as natural rights, inalienable rights, God-given rights. It wasn't given to us by the government because what the government can give, the government can take. These are rights that we already had, so the government's job was to protect them. The problem is, is that when the people don't really know what is going on or, or what, what their rights are, what they can or cannot do, and they relinquish those powers to the federal government to do whatever it wants, then the federal government can pretty much do whatever it wants, and the media is not going to protect us. The media is like the Praetorian Guard. Now, in terms of you know, what, I, what I had mentioned about the winner-take-all, I'm, I'm looking in social media, and I see both sides insulting the other. I see, you know, what I had mentioned, where people want the, the federal government or the president to mandate all the states for everyone to wear masks in, which, which really it's supposed to be something that the governors are supposed to do. But, but what concerns me is the way people are, are uh, talking about each other. Um, I, I see conservatives talking, um, insulting liberals and liberals insulting conservatives. And if you want to bring up, you know, let's say uh, ancient Greece, when, you know, are y'all 300 fans? Oh, yeah. 300? Okay. The, now, the Dick Athenians, liked the, uh, you know, the muscles. This leg. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> the Athenians and the Spartans had different systems of government. Right. They, you know, the Athenians, they were the, you know, the, the smart ones, they're the ones that, uh, the, the philosophers, and we have the democracy, and, and we're smarter, and we're, you know, we're more enlightened, whereas Sparta was more of the disciplined, you know, um, we, we, are the, we are the guys, like, was that Colonel Nicholson, or whatever his name is, Je- what's that? Oh, Colonel, Colonel Jessup. Colonel Jessup. Colonel Jessup. Yeah, the, Did you the, just combine the I, actor you know, and I can't think of everything, all right? <laughs> yeah, some, some, some historian. Yes, that's yeah. right. Colonel Jack Jessup? Colonel Nicholson? Jack Jessup. Yeah, the okay. Spartans were the Colonel Jack Jessups. And, you know, when, when the Persians invaded, the, the Athenians were smart enough to know that they needed the Spartans. Mm-hmm. They, they knew we need the Spartans. Now they attempted in, uh, at Marathon, but the Spartans had a religious festival, so the Athenians had to go it alone. But 10 years later, when the Persians came back, they were like, they, they were giving power to the Spartans to control the army and the navy. After that war was over, Athens and Sparta started, you know, insulting each other. And what ended up happening, you had, uh, you had a 27-year-long war known as the Peloponnesian War, 
because the Spartans wanted to do things their way. The Athenians were the ones that were really pushing their way. And this is kind of what I'm seeing in our country right now where we have, you know, I'm just going to throw out some names here um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like the people of California or the West Coast, people of the Northeast. I, I read what they're saying and they're insulting the people in the flyover country. And it reminds me of the Athenians insulting the Spartans. And if the Athenians or the Northeasterners and the West Coasters would understand, hey, look, they need us, we need them, and together we can, we can be a good nation. But, you know, let's, let's back off on the rules where we tell Washington to rule everything and go back to states' rights so that if you want a, a mandated mask law or, or you want no... You know, where, where the government controls your life, okay, then do it in California or Oregon, but don't do it in Texas. Mm-hmm. And certainly don't do it in D.C. where you're forcing it on everybody in the, in the whole country. If you want to live in a nanny state, go live in a nanny state. Go move to, um, you know, Maryland or, or Massachusetts. If you want to live, you know, let's say you want to have a gun on your, on your holster out, you know, showing, then go live in Texas or Arizona. If you don't want to see it, then go live in California. Stuff like that. That's how this country needs to be in order to settle down and not become a Spain or not become like uh, the French Revolution where the the most radical. And I I think to your point, like the idea of competition with 50 states, like as as a free market capitalist, like you, you you love the idea of competition. Like if if the product's not any good and there's another product that's similar, that you think is better or at least cheaper, you're going to go to that one. And that's what, that's what it is with the 50 states. It's like you're able to vote with your feet and choose, okay, I'm not, I don't want to live here anymore because it's too expensive. The taxes are too high, so I'm going to go to another, another state. Um, and I think that that's one of those things. Like, well, they're, they're just creating so many laws, and, and it's just getting so restrictive. Well, in California, we have the newly... Uh, proposed law that if you leave California, you will be taxed for the next ten years. Right. Yeah. Wait, that's it, real. Yeah. Yeah. They and so they, they know that they need that money. Mm-hmm. They need that money. But they'll be you know smack talking the one percent till they're blue in the face. It, it's like same thing. You know, back when I smoked, you know, I was a heavy smoker, and I quit just in time because I heard that they were going to start taxing the cigarettes way high. And you know, there comes a point when you overtax that people stop buying. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, especially when the same breath you're saying, you know, smoking sucks, only idiots smoke. All of a sudden, you've got none of the revenue coming in from cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's a fraction of what it used to be. At that. They just kept it where it was. Um, so when you overextend on, on someone, uh, you know, they're going to either set up shop overseas or move to a, a tax-friendly state. Yeah. You know, Amazon proved that with AOC. Um uh, not going yeah. to New York. Yeah. Well, even even AOC's mom, like she <laughs> freaking moved to Florida. Yeah, and why? Because the taxes are too high in New York. You know, it's 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 pretty ironic that that that's the case. But you know, billionaires are moving to either Texas or Florida, like by the droves. Mm-hmm. Like like New York has lost, I want to say, three hundred and sixteen billion dollars in the past year. Revenue-wise, from like, or at least tax revenue, I believe it's tax. But they've lost three hundred sixteen billion dollars because all the billionaires are leaving. 
Well, I mean, I, I certainly there's a lot of information out there that you there's those data analyst people who love seeing these things and they kind of put together the pieces and like, oh, this is what's how how you know how do we prevent that or how do we get more people in? And I think the like I always said that the beauty of the fifty states is you can just you can try anything, yeah. And you can get it to work. If it doesn't work, we got to do the best of both worlds. And I think the the like the states that do prosper are the people who have the individuals who have the ambition to make it better. So if you if you kind of curate a place and no one really wants to do anything great, it's just kind of like oh well, I'm good with just what the bread and water we get. Okay, well we'll never get bread and jam because no one really wants to make jam. They're good with just bread and water. Mm-hmm. And I think state Texas, growing up in Texas, you kind of see that there's all sorts of people here doing a variety of things and they're trying to make it a better place. And I don't really know, and like really what concerns me the most is with today's politics and also the way we, what people are telling us how to live our lot, their lives is like, it's a select few of people. So I don't see there's not, there's not enough variety of me to really see what's good or bad. I'm being told this is what we got to do, especially when it comes to the two party system. That that's what worries me is like, we have two people we're, we're hating right now. We have Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I was like, I feel like there should be more people we should be criticizing besides these two people. Mm. And and I don't really know how to navigate it because I don't know who's making these laws, who's really affecting my life. And I haven't really, here at COVID in Montgomery County has not been near what I you probably expect over in California or something. Even though I don't, I don't own a business that was directly affected. Like I don't own a bar or anything. I bet people who are waitresses and things like that are like, this sucks. Yeah. But I, I don't, what do you guys see? Because you, going forward, do you think this election has really just kind of propped up the hate, and it's easy to hate one or two? It's like there's not enough other things. You only get one option to hate somebody. It's either Biden or Trump. It's not a. Can I add to that? It seems to be that over time, over the last decade or so, it's gotten to where the distrust of government has been whittled down to the figurehead of said government, meaning the president, that, you know, I was alive in the Vietnam era, and, yeah, you know, Nixon and whatnot were, were under microscope, but it was the government in general. Now it's everything's Trump's fault, you know, no matter what. It's not the inability of the Speaker of the House to, to work, you know, the left to work with the right or anything. It's, period, Trump's fault. Mm-hmm. And if you don't scream... I hate Trump with every breath. You must yeah. love him. And and it, it's embodied in that one person. Uh, I think with me, the difference between Trump and Biden is, you know, Biden saying, you know, I'll listen to science and I'll shut down the country. And I heard that was like, you can't. You don't have the power to shut down yeah. a country. And so what the presumptive, well, he was the nominee at that point, uh, candidate of a major party saying, I will go against everything that this country is based on legally to shut it down when that's the one power he doesn't have. Well, he probably can shut it down because the people will let him shut it down. Right. I mean, right now, if you know, I was telling him a story how I was at a bookstore and um, I had my just, mask. Yeah. Just I'm, don't go off like you. Wow. Yeah, no, I won't cuss <laughs> like I did on that other show. But uh, oh, we're pre-recorded, so we can do the beep, beep, yeah. beep, I'm not, beep. I'm not doing that. I got to edit that. He's not going through all that. that. I'll just mute his mic and be like, you done? But historian people, people that I've been friends with friends with not Facebook friends but friends with for 40 years were were yelling at me on Facebook because of the mask thing and and I'm sitting there thinking why are you yelling at me with quotes quotes yeah <laughs> it's important on Facebook 
Yeah. And, and and you're ruining our friendship because quotes or exclamation points. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes here. But why are they yelling at you in quotes? Well, what no, they're mean? yelling at me with with the with the all caps and and and, caps? and then just writing my ass throughout what, what the, the entire quotes? post. Well, the quotes. I, I, I'm trying I'm, to get I'm the gonna, quotes I want to tell you something right now, and I tell Alan, I, I tell uh, Sean this, like, get off the internet. Because that yeah. represents like a very low fraction of what really people are thinking, mm-hmm. especially with your friends and stuff. They're why why spend that time writing and responding to those people where you can well, get, Dick, I'll counter that because you were saying Twitter was bad, but I've noticed on Twitter you can see fourteen thousand people have liked and retweeted this, so you do get a sense of at least more than just a sampling of mm-hmm. you know your typical ABC News poll or Fox News poll for you know so I can be. Even, yeah, but of those 500 people, people, grand total. But are, you don't know if they're real. Oh yeah, you got to go through all fourteen thousand. So yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I, <laughs> takes well, forever. I'm saying don't let that real. affect you. Now you can say, oh, I got fourteen thousand, whatever. But like when people are yelling at you about a mask, like they're they're just pissed off people. They're, yeah, they don't no, sound like but, a lot of fun. Well, so. this, this guy wanted to impose his will on me because oh. he was saying you're going to put it on now. I mean. Well, and I'm like, really? Well, to I give mean, you a great example, you well, need to put yeah, on a right. MAGA hat and smile and I'm like, mom, like Sam. I wanted to, but my but mom I has entered you know, that. I, oh, mom, why are you on Facebook? And uh-huh. she started arguing with one of my best friends' mom on Facebook. So we go, we both go to them on Facebook. Go, can we still be friends even though y'all hate each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that okay if I go over there? Like, is this okay? Because we were like literally elementary school all to, to today. Like, can I come over still? Yeah. If you hate my mom, yeah. And like, but you, you don't, you can't let that stuff bother you. Yeah. And I, the people who are telling you to put it on right now. They just tell them to go stuff it. Well, that, I mean. I just walked out. I was done. I was, and yeah. I even yeah. said, I'm leaving. I, yeah. I said, I'm leaving anyway. And I walked but I think away. You, you said that you, you grabbed some of the shelves and pulled them down to the ground, right? No, Before I said left. that you're lucky that there's a God and there's a law. It's a good thing there's a five day waiting <laughs> period. I'm going to leave it just there. Well, and leave yeah. it hanging. That ain't going to stop me either. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, people want to impose their will yeah. on other people. That's what I'm seeing. There are, there are a lot of angry pissed off people oh, yeah. who want to impose their will and you know we have to fight back yeah. we have to fight not every back. tyrant is in office no you know i mean mm-hmm. they're most of them are behind their their phone you know on twitter um it's running the well, hoa that's what's, that's what's so interesting <laughs> to me about HOA. the turning point when you know a society really starts shifting a direction because most of the time I ever observe the United States making mistakes is because it's responding to something immediately, and they make right. a they make a judgment call or they make something. Knee jerk reactions are bad, and it, it always ends up like most of the time it's like, oh, why are we even here mm-hmm. today? Because we reacted to something from two years ago, and now someone's being shipped off somewhere, or like these problems are occurring and things like that. And and I'm going and going. I'm kind of going like, well, this COVID thing is a good example. You know, ten years from now, we're going to learn what we really changed with COVID, because how long did it take everyone to get on board to hate hate you, Alan, because you're not wearing your mask? That took a period of what four months. Well, people hated me prior to that. Well, yeah, so I and mean, maybe that's you know. probably the core of the problem you're facing is people just now have a good reason to hate you right. in their minds is you're not wearing your mask. No, they're using it as an excuse. Yeah, yeah which, I was you know just about I, to. To, to say that. Now look, there are plenty of things he can tell you, plenty of things to hate me for. Yeah, so, I mean, I hate you, you know, very much. My superior mm-hmm. intellect is one of them. Yeah. So, it's my kind of guy. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, but Dickie, you know, you've seen it with, with me that once it's established I'm a conservative, fiscal conservative, or I vote Republican, 
I'm still the same. It's almost like in the old days when you know someone coming out as gay and they're like, "I'm still the same person." No, that you you're like not. Before. But same same thing. People, I didn't know you liked dudes at the time. So you know, I, now I'm going to reevaluate every time you like. Didn't know I like <laughs> every time you put your dudes. hand on my leg. Dudes, what they said, Jews. Yeah, I'm but like, it's Jews also. It was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like I like them all in different ways. But what well, I'm saying is I'm that walk out of this. it's the y'all didn't know something about me, but <laughs> it seems to be like one thing nowadays will define you. Right now, it's Republican or Democrat or yeah. conservative versus what, liberal. Black Lives Matter supporter, like. Well, the chaos was today was that uh, that young man shot those people and people were like making statements about what really happened. You get one of them where it's like, oh, he was supporting Black Lives Matter, but protecting you like they had to make sure we knew he was supporting Black Lives Matter to make it okay that he shot people Uh, or, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, man, is it really going to come down to that where I have to like sign up and have a card and be like that? This is in my hand on my Twitter handle and put everything I support. And then no, I was recently. You can also put on there that you are vaccinated for the uh, COVID. Yeah, right. Next yeah. year. Well, and I, I think the the individuality that we're facing growing up, it's really getting distorted by the social media, and especially by people telling you what to do. It, I, I I feel kind of worried about me having children, because not because of what my responsibility will be, but it's more of the world's responsibility of, you know, what is this kid going to grow up in? Because it's really going to, like, you're going to have no control at one point when you're raising these children, and then it's going to be like, what happened? You know, kind of like that kind of joke when they go to college and become back a different person or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than that. It's going to happen. Let me throw it back to the historians here that, isn't it true that... No, it was just calling as, the sons of history. As, as an old go. person, like every generation is convinced that the next generation is the worst ever. Mm-hmm. And now I think we were the pendulum has swung to a certain I way to where it's gone to that point. Where I think no, no, no. As you get older, it's you, you know the the Ward Cleavers of the world thought that the hippies were just going to destroy the earth, and then the hippies thought that the yuppies were going to destroy the earth, and the yuppies, you yeah. know, it's it's the next generation. Oh, this is we're go, we've been going to hell in a handbasket since the, the day I was born. And yeah, I'm you know I don't think we're any, we're any closer. It's it's, it's it's a hell of a long trip. Yeah. So, but just historically, has that been the case where everyone's just convinced? Oh. It can't get any worse than this, and I'm not saying it gets progressively worse, but just that generation, do they chill out as they get older? I think so. I mean, I think that uh, if, you, if you look through, social media plays a, bit, plays a big role, and that, that's, the, that's the worry for me, is one, civilization has, has changed over the however many thousands of years, you know, and over the past, what, 500 years since Renaissance era on, but it seems that there's always a contraction with within generations where you have sort of the lost generation going back to you could call it the progressive era or whatever post world war 1 where it's it's the lost generation because we're thinking the world's going to end you know it's it's all after this war to end all wars it's it's all going to be over and then they're brought into world war 2 and then you have the greatest generation that, that shows up, right? And then you have the silent generation that is sort of looked over who ends up going in and fighting the Korean War. And then you have the, the you know, well, the... What is it? The hippies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hip- I don't know why Baby I struggled boomers. with that one. I can't think of everything. Well, because Vietnam was yeah. very defining that. It was smacked up in the middle of, yeah. you know, the, the 50s, 
mindset winding but, down. But you see but sort of like the contraction between the two. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like this um, idealism that you, you grow up with. And then all of a sudden you do get older. And there's this the whole famous phrase that I, I grew up a liberal or, or I, I was a, a liberal. We're all, as a, we're all as liberal when we're young. Yeah. yeah. And then I grew up and became a conservative. I, I'm poster boy for taxes, that. I'm poster know? boy for that, truly. And so you, you sort of look at the, the contraction that, that takes place. And I think that that happened with the, the hippies or the baby boomers, you know, where they're just like free love and, you know, no war and, you know, everything, you know, just peace at, at all costs type of mentality. And all of a sudden they, they grew up. But there's a lot of them that didn't grow up. And they were put into office and power, and you have the results of their their actions. Now it doesn't mean that they were the only ones in there, but I think you eventually grow out of the idealism because you come to the understanding that the world is cruel, there are wicked people, and I think you run across these different economic theories and political theories, and you finally identify with them. Right now, I think there are with mass media and social media there is this constant theory there's just all of these theories at your fingertips where you're learning about all of these you know from from hegel to um to Friedrich Nietzsche, to Karl Marx, and then you get into the economics of, you know, Friedman and Hayek, and and you start looking at all of this, and you're trying to identify with them, and then you start identifying with, like, Black Lives Matter, or Antifa, or, you know, white supremacy, or, you know, any of these things, and you start identifying with all of these political ideologies, and you're trying to find your identity in that, and I think that that right there is... A reflection on American society as a whole is parents have relinquished their roles of parenting mm-hmm. and America has relinquished its grasp on God. So you have, I keep running into so many people who have no foundational principles they just go with what is, what do I think is going to work best? Or what do I think is fair? But they have nothing to stand on. So they just go with the trends of the day. And now you have no religious foundation. You have no political foundation. And now you have no social foundation. Because everything is, is moving so fast and you can't make up your mind because you have all these theories and all these comments and you're dying to get noticed and belong to something. And so you're picking one of the many that are out there on this platter. And I think that that's sort of the dissolution of, of what's, what's happened in this country and what you're seeing and why you're like, oh, well, he was defending Black Lives Matter, so shooting somebody is fine. Yeah, and they can, just they can like justify it. Foundationally, mm-hmm. that makes zero sense. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it's just, I think, like, the response people are like, oh, I got him saying this on camera. That was an hour before. But no one really, this, uh, that, that, that kind of stuff, what's going on today, it's, it's insane to me that we allow things to get that escalated with that shortly. And I, I was, I was talking to Sean this morning about it. I was like, why wouldn't they like? And I say, you know, hypothetically, what this is telling us is, if any uh, African American gets shot by a police officer within that night, uh, 
there's going to be a riot in the nearby city that has, right. you know, like, like I was even, I made, a, I made like a prediction, like say it happened in Kingswood or happened in Katy, well, they'd be in Houston, like downtown Houston. They wouldn't be yeah. over at Katy, be in da- like they, like the, they somehow it sparked something within the day. Mm-hmm. And I know like that to me would scare me, like being here, I'd scare me because you just never know. Yeah. And you don't even know what really even happened. You, I mean, you know, someone was shot. You know, someone, a police officer shot somebody. Well, but. that's that's another part of the whole no foundation is, you know, in Proverbs, Solomon says, um, it is a shame to talk about something that you you don't know about. Like you just you just step in and you so start giving your advice. Yes, exactly. Right. And so these all of these people are acting shamefully. And some worse than others. So when all of a sudden you start rioting and and protesting and you have no idea what happened, you just know that somebody of a certain race was killed because you have not identified, you don't understand the law and you definitely don't understand justice, but you do understand social justice. And social justice, as Alan and I have talked about, is not justice at all. That's revenge. Mm -hmm. That's revenge for saying... Uh, we've been a, we were an oppressed people for however long. So anything done to a person of color is a retributive act by that group against this group. Well, was a person committing a crime that that doesn't matter. So justice is out the window. And so these immediate reactions are justified because the basis of your justification is there doesn't need to be any justification. One of the things that, you know, you're saying, every generation says that the next generation is going to be worse. I'm going to say that what I'm seeing of millennials right now disturbs me, not so much because of what they're doing, but how it came about. You know, for the past 60 years, the hippies and the the baby boomers have taken over academia. They have taken over entertainment. They have they've taken over so much influence over our society. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you know, you've heard that saying, the ends justify the means. Well, 60 years ago, um, I wanna, yeah, 60 years ago, we had Kennedy and, um, and Nixon. And they weren't that far apart in terms of how they wanted America to be. They both, you know, the, the, the ends were about the same. It was the means that they differed on. Now, when you talk to some of the millennials, their ends are completely different of what they see of a future America. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at the same America like Dustin and I look at. They're looking at a socialist nation where there is no God, where you have to, freedom is only free if I allow you to say it. So there's really very little that binds us together as a nation. You know, it used to be where, you know, let's say uh, when, when America was majority Christian, like in the 90% range. Well, everybody, whether you were black or white, you know, you believed in God, you believed in Jesus. I mean, that's just how it was. There, you know, the, was it the first census in 1790? I think there were a thousand Jews in the entire country. And if you were an atheist, you were really a deist. That's what you would tell people. But almost everybody was a Christian. Well, that binded Protestant Christianity binded America. The, the free market system binded America. The English common law binded America. Or everyone was bound by it. We were bound by freedom. We were bound by so many things. But now we are not, we are not that way. Um, 
you can't mention God anywhere. Um, freedom, again, if, if it offends, then you're not allowed to say it. Um, free market capitalism, why that's... Success that, became that, dirty about right, 10 years ago. Right, and so now they don't even want free market capitalism in the future. They want socialism. They want that nanny state. They want the federal government running everything and the president doing everything. And then you have the cult of personality. You know, like, okay, look, I'm going to vote for Trump. I'll, I'll admit it. But if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want Trump to, you know, to date my daughter. But if I... He's like almost well, like I mean, 80. But see, I, I look at Trump as, <laughs> as, a, as a Patton, George Patton. George mm-hmm. Patton slapped some soldiers. George Patton was very rough. He said some things that got himself in trouble, embarrassed Eisenhower, embarrassed uh, Roosevelt. But man, that guy knew how to fight. The guy was a brilliant tactician, mm-hmm. and, and he got the job done. And I, I look at Trump as the same way. I don't look at Trump as like, I, oh, I worship the guy. He's, he's the greatest. You know, I want my children to be like him. No, if I had children, I'd want them to be like him in terms of being a fighter. And going back, that's like saying, boy, I want my kids to grow up to be just like John F. Kennedy. Well, I mean, I'm sure my mom probably felt that way. My mom loved John F. Kennedy. Well, well a lot of a lot of women with John F. Kennedy. Well, a lot of women love John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And 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 I remember uh, and I bomb remember shelter the 90s, makers love John I remember F. Kennedy. Selection. My waitress. I talked to waitresses. And bombshells. Yeah. My waitress said that she was voting for Bill Clinton, and when we asked why, she goes, "Oh, because he's so cute." Yeah. And that, that's, I swear to God, that is exactly what she said to me. That's mm-hmm. the reason. But that's the, I think that there's beauty in that, He wore sunglasses that, I mean, on people, Leno and played the saxophone. What's, what, the way I always see adorable. that connect, though, is people will say who they're going to vote for, but do they really end up voting? I mean, the numbers don't. No, 2016 vote. proved that. People just terrified yeah. of, of going on the record. It's like, yeah, well, I'm voting that, for Hillary. I mean, it's more of like registered voters who are actually voting. What's the turnout? Like, it's always really poor here in Montgomery County. No, well, it's nationwide, and, it is. Well, I know, but I was just saying, like, a lot of people can go on... A statement saying, yeah, I'm going to vote for Bill Clinton, but do they actually end up making to the poll and doing it? And Well, again, with the, the polling beforehand where, you know, pe- people just don't say, I'm voting for so-and-so. They're asked questions by a, a, a polling organization that has its own agenda. Mm-hmm. They're paid to say, listen, we need to prove that 85% of people want are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. So it's like, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you willing to vote for Hillary? One being, well, one. Okay, so you're willing somewhat, and so it's still mm-hmm. in that category, mm-hmm. you know. That's and, and both sides do this too. Um, Lord forbid I lean one way or the other in in, in my observations. Hey, I think it's just all made up. Well, and I don't again, see a 2016 with proved that. it. Just make it up, like whatever. 2016 yeah. proved it. Where I, I, one thing I love doing on Twitter is every time CBS or NBC or ABC pops up, you know, polls are showing Biden ahead by 12 points. I'll grab their own poll from 2016, 48 hours before the election, that said Clinton was up by 95 points, mm-hmm. meaning she was going to sweep the entire country and say, "You need time for you to fire your pollsters because yeah. you can't trust it. And because, you know, especially in 2016 with Hillary Clinton saying, you know, uh, deplorables, mm-hmm. you know, they're not learning that, okay, you call us names, you you tick us off. We're not you know yeah. that's not how to win friends and influence people. And same things happening here. Um, you know now we're all white supremacists yeah. or we hate this and that and and yeah. and you know as I said I'm a fiscal conservative in musical mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. How socially 
how much do you think I must hate gay people? Zero, because this is my bread and butter. So they are separate. But the people who just, you know, if you're conservative, you must be racist, misogynistic, mm-hmm. um, homophobic, yeah. anti-trans, whatever. Well, you're one of them. If you support him, then you must be. Yeah. And that's what I was... I mean, I odds was are. And I was one. actually honestly told the you other day by someone one. not dumb saying, well, you need to preface... Every time you say something bad about Biden, you need to preface with saying that you didn't vote for Trump to be taken more seriously. Are we like, talking about internet people again? No, we're talking about internet a, 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 a listener. The, did it happen on the internet? <clears throat> well, yeah, only because he didn't call me directly. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When people say, oh, it's talking about the internet, I'm like, oh, okay, do we know they're real? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. You we, know don't, this. we don't even know. I'm still convinced he's not real. Who? You I know drink, you're talking about. Yeah, you oh, you've drunk, <laughs> you bowled with him. Yeah, but I mean, still, is his internet profile, is it his? Could be Russian. <laughs> yeah, so we don't true. know. Yeah, I mean, I was called a white supremacist. And I, was, oh, I, I mean, told him, I'm not, I don't have any European blood in me. I'm not even considered white. Oh, we're doing the little air quotes again. I mean, <laughs> my, my, the my, historian my, is talking. Yeah, my, I mean, my, my family, they're Arabs, so it's... It's uh, how how in the hell am I a white supremacist at this well, point? Well, I, I think that kind of reaction from people, that's people are going to see through that. The average person is going to see through that. And I don't think that mentality is going to be strong enough to keep in that person who's saying it to you long enough to where it's like 20 years from now, he's still going to be calling you a white supremacist. Right, but it intimidates people from even wanting to say what's oh, on yeah. their mind. They're, and, they're know, weak. I, Those people are weak I, people. I posted uh, some things on Facebook. Yes. I, I posted some things <laughs> on Facebook about BLM, and I received a lot of uh, private messages, Facebook Messenger, where yeah. people were thanking me for having... The balls to, yeah. to say the things that I was saying, and and I said, look, you need to do the same thing. Don't let them intimidate you, because if they are going to shut you up, then this is going to have a lasting effect, and that's going to be the the norm, the new norm, yeah. or whatever people are calling nowadays. Yeah. I refuse to say the word the new normal. No, I no. hate that term. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's how things are going to be, and you know this is why no one would admit that they were voting for Trump in 2016, and when Trump won, all the Clinton people who had been told that they're special their whole life and that there are no winners and losers, that everyone's a winner, suddenly reality slapped them in the face when their candidate lost. They couldn't understand, and they went out and they protested every day. Thus was born the safe room. in a different way. Yeah, yeah, the popular vote. (laughs) Well, that's what's strange to me is, like, given that how it seems that you can gather a message and move it forward in 2016 for example why why wouldn't you fight that like to me that's the biggest fight ever because i've been told i've been pulling at 95 percent we got to fight this count like Mm -hmm. but like nothing came from it it was kind of strange to me and especially going into this election i feel like we're gonna have a fight no matter what i'm almost i'm like Mm -hmm. expecting a fight no matter who wins and then i mean it's just it's chaos and i i don't know if overall it's healthy at all for anybody i think and i was telling sean this morning i can't wait till the trump disappears because he somehow singled out the the message of people like pinpointing it towards the hatred no matter who it is late at night a very small part of me hopes that there's a Democrat win in November. That way, I can just so people can just shut up. Well, because I think but, but they won't. They I, won't. I know they that won't. that's when the they, rest they, of me yeah. kicks back in. Going, well, it's not that, it's help. like even yeah. if you even if Joe Biden wins, I don't think people are going to understand what what they won. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Does well, that make sense? Let's like, talk I, I'm going on every day protesting, doing all this stuff, but then it's like we finally get to that finish line. You're like, oh, what what is actually happening? I don't even know what we were fighting for here. Well, I'd love to talk Trump's context with the historians in mm. the studio with me. Thank you. That um, <laughs> never felt so honored. <laughs> yeah, it's. When I find myself in debates with a lot of people, I'm frequently accused of, well, you just think you're all smarter you're because victim, you use big man. words. Well, such a victim. I, I was fortunate enough that, you know, I grew up all over the world, so I have a, a perspective on the outside card? looking in. No, no, that. A victim passport. I'm accused of being. I'm white privilege. You're yeah, a, my white privilege. Oh, I enjoyed my white privileges. Are you an international victim? Yes. So you had the passport. Like, I was victimized in Japan. I was victimized in the UK, United States. And I was. But here's the thing I didn't go crying about it. Until what do you do? Now. Yeah, until now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there seems to be in America nowadays a complete lack of context. In that someone will go for the soundbite, you know. So I love, you know, someone will say, "Defund the church," or not uh, uh, tax Defund the church. Defund the church. That'd be a great. Tax way the churches. To start something. And I point out, you know, they say First Amendment, and do you know how it goes? Well, the separation of church and state. No, 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 because yeah. the second half of that sentence is the government can't jack with the operations of a church, so you can't tax. So there's no context with Biden saying I'm going to shut down the country, or you know, people not knowing the context of. Biden, I don't think he's going to last 18, should he get elected, I don't think he's going to last 18 months, and we're going to have a new president, and we're talking, you know, the 12th, the 25th, um, debates I have between 10th Amendment and Supremacy Clause that no one seems to get it. They're too busy with the sound bites. When you try to put a fact and figure down or put it in context, mm-hmm. you're shut down. But that's the basis of, and I wanted to mention this earlier, like college or university was supposed to knock out the uh, idealism. It was supposed to like make you think, teach you how to think mm-hmm. and think things through. And we've gotten, that's not really happening a lot in, in university anymore. These kids are, are going in I, with idealism and walking out with even worse idealism. And so... And usually without paying their own, because a lot of it, you know, the, the college fund is somewhere became the expected that the parents are supposed to pay for this now. Right, yeah. And then, you know, these parents... Dude, well, that they, is they, such they a ripoff. They walked off, out but, of there with a $100,000 debt, um, and they've majored in primitive cultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they expect to get a job that's... And and they know. expect like okay you owe me because I went to college like you're you're all talking you know? about like a select few of people like I don't think there's no there's not it's not a select few people there is a ton of people that are coming out of colleges are those people at Portland right now doing the Antifa thing I feel like that's who it is and it yeah, didn't seem like I mean, that many people I th- I think so but even the ones who seem and here's the thing here are the one the ones who seem level headed and who may be level headed and yeah. I've got a lot of these a lot of these friends. Going back to Sean's point of context, they have debates with me, more or less, or arguments with me, and they have no context. And these are these are people that are not going around, pro, you know, rioting and doing. They're not like that. You know, these are good people, but it doesn't change the fact that they still do not have context on a lot of issues, and with 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 church. With um, with schooling, with the law, is, there is no con. <clears throat> there is no context there that they can fall back on, and so in the middle of your argument, you can say, "Well, if you look at this, this is not supposed to be happening." 
that you will not run into with what you've said, average everyday citizens, because we, it is so, it seems to be (laughs) so much easier to watch a bunch of clips on YouTube or Instagram or scroll through your Twitter feed than to actually go to the founding documents or just, you know, read through stuff that's actually taken place and get some context because it's much easier just to sit there and just mindlessly ingest this stuff. And it goes back to the earlier, when you have relationships of 40 years that are cut off because of politics that are happening right now, that is a sign of how much propaganda you have ingested. Oh yeah, for sure. That is right there is you have zero context. If me voting for Trump or me, you know, being a conservative or me being a, a liberal and voting for Biden or having voted for Hillary Clinton, if that cuts off the relationship, then you you have bit hook, line, and seeker into the propaganda that has been that's constantly like the media was spo- is supposed to be here to help inform the people. That's no longer the job anymore. Which is why you have the rise of um, individual journalists, like citizen journalists, that are coming out and saying, "Here's what's really going on." Well, you were saying, okay, if um, if Biden if if, if Biden wins, mm-hmm. you're making a comment. Okay, then what is it that you want? Well, you know, I'm looking at America right now, and what I'm seeing is is that they want a transformation. Oh yeah, they want to transform America from the free market capitalist. System um, where fundamentally transformed. That's what Barack Obama said in 2008. He said it, and and people cheered it. Now, you know, America used to be, you know, when you were raised, you were raised by a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, like uh, what I don't know what the percentages are. I I know in the black community, majority of the of the kids raised are not raised by seventy two percent, and then about fifty percent in the Hispanic community, and about a third in the white community. Okay, so now these are astronomical numbers. Mother and father each provided their own way to rear a child and and turn him into a man or turn her into a woman. But let's talk about men for a sec for a second. When you don't have the fathers, the the boys turn to whoever they can as their influence. Well. Fathers used to teach their sons individually to be a man. You need to be a man. And so all families, you had individual units training their boys to become men. Mm-hmm. When that father figure is no longer there, your, your entertainment is going to be that influence, or sports figures are going to be the influence. And what you have now is it's society's fault for what is going on in our country that you know that people the kids are acting up it's no longer that the dad is teaching the kid how to be a good father now the kid who doesn't have the father is thinking you know it's society's fault and in order for people to grow up to be good mm-hmm. we need society we need government yeah. to do to create the laws to create the system because dad's yeah. not, dad's no longer raising the, the child. Will guide us. The government will guide us. So mm-hmm. when you now have Biden, if he's elected, I don't see Biden lasting either. I think is Kamala or Kamala or what is that? It's hell is Kamala. It? I'm Kamala. not going to be. I learned I it because be, if you mispronounce it, you're okay. a racist. And so right. it's Kamala. And if you pronounce it too well, you're uh-huh. also a racist because right. you're so trying to. Kam- Kamala. Okay, so if Kamala becomes the president, 
she's going to, you know, I mean, she's made comments that yeah, if you don't pass laws, I'm going to have... She co-sponsored the Green New Deal. I want to state this is, this, is this, is that if you stand in the way, okay, you're the problem. You're the reason why we haven't transformed successfully. You're the reason why we are not this great utopia. Mm-hmm. I was watching the movie The Killing Fields, mm. and you can see... In the look, which is a great mm. comedy. Yeah, I was laughing. <laughs> the feel-good uh, comedy but, of the year. But, but I laughed. But to the Khmer Rouge, <laughs> yep. those that that didn't follow along were the reason why they didn't have the perfect system. Mm-hmm. You're the reason why we don't have the perfect system. You not wearing the mask is the reason why we have COVID. You behaving in such a manner is the reason. You're the reason that you voted for Trump or for whoever is the reason why climate change is killing us right now. You're the problem. That's what they're going. I'm telling you right now. And, I know. I know. And this to is go back fetched. to your original question, has this ever happened? Like this, what he's saying has all happened before, and Battlestar exponentially in the 20th century, which is still the worst century ever. You can keep your 14th century, Mr. Black Plague. But But what I had staged with earlier is that you literally cannot have fascism without socialism. Fascism cannot flourish in a capitalist society. Now, I know capitalism isn't isn't like socialism. It can't can't succeed in a free market. Free market, thank you. That's what I meant. And again, this is a a debate I was having with a librarian. She said, I'd rather live in a socialist state than a a fascist state. It's like you literally can't get to fascism without socialism. And if you add socialism and fascism, you get communism. So therefore, socialism, bad. Well, isn't that kind of, to go on your point, Alan, like, isn't that the whole point of the foundation that the, what, how this country operates is to prevent even people can say all day, hey, I'm going to change this, I'm going to do this, but then this Biden gets elected or Miss Harris gets elected. I don't really see her really doing those things. I can see her going, I want to try. It depends if but, it's before or after the midterms. Right. I mean, they're, gonna, they're going to attempt. But see, the founding fathers didn't want the government to to fix society's ills. That was mom and dad's job, okay? Now, they don't want mom and dad to do it. They want the government to do it. They want to pass laws that do it, mandate the masks. um, And they didn't want us to... the, yeah, you know, they didn't the want whole, us to get into... people, I can't drive my car because it's not a green car. If you don't do the green, then you're the part of the problem. And they, they want us, like, the Founding Fathers were like, don't follow after Europe and don't get involved in Europe. And over the past, you know, since the 20th century, that's all we've done is we've gotten involved in, in European affairs. We've also gotten involved in Middle Eastern affairs and now, you know, Asiatic affairs. And then we also want to try to adopt their laws and the way that they do things. And that was one of the things is like when we got out of the Paris, you know, accord was just like, yeah, because we're Americans. We do things differently. And whenever, you know, you have people like Bernie Sanders say we're the only, you know, country that is not a third world country that doesn't have this, this or this. And like, yeah, exactly. There's a reason for that. And look at like, look who's number one. Like, that's what it's just so bizarre to me. It's just like, we don't do what 10th place and 24th place and 52nd place does. Why not? Because we're freaking number one. That's why. 
Well, we lead. I we, mean, there's so like many dynamics to the way our country operates, because so, people would be like, "Oh, we're education yeah. levels 59th or the inherent danger when someone starts comparing ourselves. I, I had a situation with someone comparing us. Well, Norway does this, and I'm like, "Okay, well, let's talk Norway." First off, they literally have 1.5 percent of our population. Yeah. So you plus, then they have a, a median tax rate that's almost double ours. Uh, you have to go in the military if you're a male. And she's like, the response is, well, they have 100% literacy rate. I said, okay, that literacy by definition, and I know this because I used to work for the Marriage Literacy Coalition, is the ability to read, speak, and understand the native tongue of that country. Therefore, if you want 100% literacy in America, you have to have English as the official language. Oh, and yeah. of course, when you raise, again, context, someone says 100% literacy, okay. I'm all for it. That means we got to make English the only official language here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, you know. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of the states, though, because we can kind of each state can kind of do what they want, and well, then you figure it that's out. That's what uh, God bless full faith and credit. Well, like when? Like what's you, you have? Well, it to, depends you on. Have to have everything run. They, they want everything run by the federal government in D.C. Mm -hmm. There was uh, there was some lady I, I don't know. I think she was out of New York where she wanted to mandate. Um, that I think corporal punishment—that's the spanking, correct? Where, yeah. Where no schools in the whole country, you can't spank your spank a child. Yeah, but we as a state can refuse to do that. I mean, like, there's very few because, like, well, like for example, one thing that kind of blows my mind is the whole marijuana thing. Okay. And from what I understand, federally, it's illegal to have marijuana on you in any amount. Like, even if I was smoking a joint and I'm over, you know, here, I'm going to get in trouble. But then it's kind of like, as a country, we kind of took it as, oh, these states passed these laws. We're, right now, no one's really banging on our door to come do anything about it. Right. Eventually, but, it's going to hit but, the Supreme Court because this is Tenth Amendment versus yeah. Supremacy Clause. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's certain, I feel like like the, the biggest Anyone, concern you have is, what are the people asking for? Yeah. And I like what you're saying about that because it does make it make like today's social media makes me think oh we all want to be socialists the younger generation does but again i think a lot of the people i don't think that's the whole group of young generation i think it's just the people who want to be vocal about it and want to talk about it because well for every david hogg there's a nicholas sandman yeah yeah but so the gallup poll did a a, a, a poll at mm -hmm. the end of last year and comparing millennials and gen x and baby boomers and they were identifying how they viewed socialism and how they viewed free market enterprise. And they did it over however many decades. Um, and talking about like from when they were younger to when they're, um, and it's funny that like 50% of, or a little more than 50% of millennials, like I think 54, somewhere in there, viewed socialism favorably. But about 85% viewed free market favorably. And it's an oxymoron because you can't yeah. have socialism and free market at the same time. Those are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And so I think it comes down to they may verbally say, yeah, I think socialism, because it's, it's on paper, it's fair or it's considered fair. But when you break it down, sort of like the mandatory mask and everybody locked down, you know, for four weeks, when you start breaking it down, you're like, OK, well, that, those, that group can in that group and then that group can you know work too and then that group and when you break it down they start to realize like oh okay well then it won't work and that's the worry 
is that you're going to, and we've had Morgan Zeggers on the show a number of times. Uh, she's founder of the Young Americans Against Socialism. And she talks about how when you, when, when you break it down to these kids, it's sort of like a light bulb goes off. Well, you've seen those classroom experiments where, okay, we're going to even out all the grades. And, of course, you show those who were getting A's are now stuck with C's. Like, screw it. I'm not going to study as a whole. Uh, Where were you going to go with the uh, the woman wanting corporal punishment banned nationwide? That one voice thinking she... What 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 I was saying is, is you know why is this becoming why are you wanting this to be a federal law mm-hmm. why are you trying to impose it on the whole country you know do state by state if you if New York wants to have a law that states you cannot spank children then then go for it okay you know we were there was a a couple of days ago someone there was some kind of a push for to make it a federal law that you can't leave your dog chained outside your home for more than an hour. Someone was actually, propo- I think someone was proposing to have a federal law, nationwide law, that you cannot leave your dog chained for more than an hour in, the, in say, the backyard. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, yeah, great idea, great idea. And I started saying, I, my, my response was Pandora's box, the road to hell. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, who's going to enforce it? And two, you know, all right, what if you have to leave your home for any number of reasons, mm-hmm. and do you okay? Do you want to leave the dog in the backyard? Do you want to leave it in your home? If you don't want to leave it in your home, but you're afraid the dog's going to escape, are you going to punish these people because you don't want the dog to run away? So you chain the dog, and you know. And if you're more than an hour, I mean, who's going to enforce it? And why are you making this a federal law? If you're so adamant about it, then make it a county law or a state law, and and go it from is, there. It is funny to me that. Um, there are so many people who, you know, there's this massive outcry about um, j- just the incarceration rate or the mass incarceration. And it's like, yeah, that's a justifiable thing to be upset about. Like there are way too many people in jail and in prison. But if you continue to create laws, then you are going to just increase mass incarceration because the more laws that you pass, and especially unjust laws like these mandates about mask wearing and all this horse crap, it's like you're creating criminals is what you're doing. Like the marijuana thing, like there are like a million plus people that are, that are locked up because of possession. It's mm-hmm. just like, are you freaking kidding me? It's like you create these laws to create criminals. And you go back to just the founding fathers and just say you just a few laws is pretty much all you need and have a moral society and you're going to be okay. But if you have so many laws on the books that you just create criminals out of law-abiding citizens, then that's why you have this mass incarceration uh, problem, and it's just like this person, whoever is saying we need to have a federal law about you know because animal abuse is real, and it's just like yeah, but chaining up a dog or tying up a dog for an hour is not animal abuse. What that is going to do is chain up a human being for six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So, which one do you want? Do you want mass incarceration? No. Okay, then enough with the stupid proposals for all these laws that you're just coming up with because you are trying to create 
a utopia. Well, you end up creating a slave state, more or less, is because now you can't even make decisions on your own, which is what has happened across this country with this COVID stuff. It's like, you're not allowed. You're an adult, doesn't matter. You're not allowed to make the decision on whether you're going to wear a mask or not. Or whether your business can be open or, or not. Or whether it can mm-hmm. be open, yeah. Well, I think this this situation definitely opened up a lot of people's eyes, especially the, the strength of the local government, the mm, state yeah. government, and then also the federal government. Uh, and, and, and especially on trying to convince people of what to do and what not to do. And that's why I was telling uh, Sean this morning, I was like, it scares me because no one really knows. Right. No one really knows what's going on. It literally, you could, I could wake up tomorrow and it'd be completely different because someone forgot to turn the water faucet off, you know? And it's like, well, no, turn it back now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is yeah. what we're stuck with now. Uh, but I, again, the social media stuff, that's too easy to get under people's skin. You're actually right. And, you know, like what numbers can we trust? Because it can't be social media numbers. It can't be polls. And I, I just call this up because this is from the same report, a Hill report, comparing the first night viewership of the DNC conference to the RNC conference. First night of DNC conference, 76,000 views. First oh, night of, of, of the, the first night of the mm-hmm. Democrats conference. First night of, of viewership for the Republican conference, 440,000. Six times. But is that through what media? Through the through, through C- the same it's through, through the same metric. This is a Hill report through but, C-SPAN. You say yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, through C-SAM's live stream. So right there, I mean, that's a number that can't be mm-hmm. manipulated with yeah. the question well, of right. how it much did you enjoy. If there's another. What it, if it's through the Huffington exactly? Post it can be manipulated. Like that's the thing is, like I saw a post today about you know the RNC viewership on C-SPAN six times higher than the DNC, and then I went and looked at it, and it's just like. Well, you also had about 20 million, 15 to 20 million viewing for each one. So it's like if you break it down, like if you just stick to C-SPAN, which is pretty much like apolitical. Um, right. Well, it was the one place that didn't cut away every three minutes with, yeah. we're going to fact check this now. Right. So, and, and, that, and that's fine. But at the same time, that's only a small group of, of people who are viewing it. But if it was like, you know, 40, 44,000 versus 60,000, okay, I can deal with that but 44,000 uh what did i just say 600,000 I, I can't believe people watch that stuff like i can't believe so people boring. are going through c-span yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i used to i used to them for the the author series they'd have you know where late at night they'd have a, a book author come on and review books yeah i loved c-span for that well i mean that that there again you, no one really knows what the true numbers are of anything but it gives it, at least it gives you more of an indication i'm not saying it's a hard fast number and it also goes to why are they watching you know there are some people who are going to watch joe biden because they want him to do well they they want to hear what he has to say and then there are some who want to watch him because they believe he's going to screw up he's going to say something stupid oh it's like watching you know? the tightrope walker yeah. we watched so on the option watching they for fall. various reasons so just because you have a high number of of views doesn't mean everybody's watching it from the same viewpoint or not everybody who's watching the dnc is a democrat mm-hmm. not everybody who's watching the rnc is a republican well i would feel that more republicans were watching the dnc than democrats are watching the rnc no no, you're talking about the Twitter keyboard because more warriors, because more Republicans tune the DNC to see Biden fail. Yeah, but people tune into RNC because I go on the internet and complain about Republicans all the time, and I'm gonna be like, look what they just said. What a bunch of idiots! But six times the number of people. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Never, I was telling you that that I was reading that article about 
uh, Republicans are less likely to engage in political discussion on social media compared to liberals because right. li- liberals like to... So that's when you look at viewership numbers to determine how many conservative people with conservative views over liberal views might be out there by tuning into a DNC versus RNC. But you also never know. You never know, sure, you but it kind of gives you... Clock it, in. That's a better number than... Which maybe we need to start doing. Yeah. but it's, it's a, Well, we need to start marking people. Yeah. We need, yeah, we need to do the data chip immediately. Oh, it's, it's like when I woke up and my kidney was gone and that tattoo was there. Mm-hmm. I still can't explain either one. I'm waiting for that kind of world. That'd be weird. We need a final solution to this problem. Well, that's what I was always telling my buddies who like the socialism stuff. It's like, to me, socialism is boring. Like, you don't really get the chance of random crazy stuff happening. Name yeah. one technological and, advancement that came from socialism. Go. Death camps. I, to, uh, to, to, well, okay, let's talk death camps because again, context. When I was getting into people about, you know, oh, all all statues must come down, and then Auschwitz came into it. Someone said, "Well, you, you know, in Germany they didn't keep all the statues," and my response was, "Yes, they did." I, I can guarantee you, ninety eight percent of Americans or ninety eight percent of Gentile Americans have no idea of what the topography of terror is. It's a massive facility in Berlin where they took all the Nazi remnants, propaganda and statues and flags and put it there. And then they make kids go there every year and say, this is what happens if you don't keep it. This is this is what could happen. There's a daily reminder of how. So, of course, yes, Germany has a topography of terror, but people, no one here knows that. There's no context. They're just, well, there's no, you know, gift shop at Auschwitz. Because yeah, like, they got rid of all their statues. It's like, yeah, and they put it in a place. So if you got a problem with Confederate statues, don't throw them in the harbor along with, um, um, oh, the abolitionist, I'll just, uh, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't throw them. The, how about taking these statues and let's get a, you know, Montana. They got a lot of space. Make a big building, put it under a big dome, and everything that possibly offends you. And I'm sure the art museums will be next. Topography well, you know, of if, offense. If you go to Gettysburg, well, Gettysburg was the probably the one Civil War place that I visited, and you see statues of Confederates and Union soldiers. Yeah, if you don't count your own house, you... My house? I have... My statues are of Greek gods and goddesses. (laughs) You've seen them. Yeah, there's a bunch of mirrors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Art-shaped mirrors. Yeah. Yeah, the Hall of Mirrors. Right, but... uh, but you know, one of the things that I had suggested to the, the one of the, the guy that accused me of being white supremacist, which is uh, me, allegedly. No, no, he's, he, <laughs> allegedly. He, he, we didn't know I, this, this encounter really happened. Oh my God, he and I, he and I had been friends <laughs> since high school. I'm not mentioning his name. He might be listening. Where is he? But, where is uh, he? It live? rhymes with he, he, Dob Myth. No, he lives in Frisco. So if he, oh, there we go. Yeah, if he hears this, he knows I'm talking about it. I still love the guy, but oh, you know, you gotta love him. but what I said to him was that. Instead of tearing down the statues of the Confederate soldiers or generals, I said, why don't you hire an artisan or an artist or whatever you call them to build a, a opposing general? And you, then you can have them squaring off like they're about to... Make the opposing and, general like four inches taller. But then you, what you can do is you can then teach the history yeah. of... you know, Because he and I, we've had this discussion numerous occasions where... Is the person evil or is what they do evil? Because you can justify killing a white person simply because he, he, his grandparents oppressed my grandparents. You can justify just about anything. And there are some people, you know, how did, how did Hitler 
convince so many people to, to do his bidding? How did the Khmer Rouge convince so many people to do their bidding? Is it, how did Osama bin Laden? You know, if you, if you talk to people from metal, many of these Middle Eastern states, they're the nicest people that'll give you the shirt off their back. But when it comes to politics, suddenly a rage comes out of them. And you have to ask yourself, you know, if you're going to defeat evil, do you just call someone an evildoer? Or do you find out what exactly is it that made people do evil things? And when, when all the things were going on with the Confederacy, I started purchasing the memoirs of, of uh, Union and Confederate generals. And the thing that I find in there is, is that there's, there's not this hatred towards uh, black people. Uh, especially on the Confederate side. There, there is no hatred. What you're reading is they're like children, the black people. They're, they're, they're not educated. And, and from Western standards, I mean, there were no colleges that I'm even aware of in Africa. They, they knew how to live a certain way. Uh, whether you're Indian, Native American, or whether you are from tribal Africa, they were not taught with books. There was a lot of oral history, but mm-hmm. they were taught other things that, that, uh, that the Europeans were not taught. But because they judged them by the standards that they lived, can they read a book? Can they, um, if they can't read a book, then they're savages, then they're ignorant. Yeah. And, you know, you had Phyllis Wheatley and what Frederick Douglass. What did they think Douglas. of the Chinese? Hmm? What did they think of the Chinese? Who, the now or, or The Euro- Europeans, or the, <laughs> well, the, the world travelers then. Like, to me, you encounter yeah, those folks. They, they're like, oh, they're, they're doing they're, basically right. the same there thing. There were none until Nixon. Well, you know, the Chinese. Yeah. Well, I mean, they magically appeared. Yeah. yeah. But well, Phyllis Wheatley, they, they, they were coming in at a at a massive rate, which is why they put in the Chinese Exclusion mm-hmm. Act. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the end of the 19th century, because mm-hmm. um, they're just they were coming in, and it was the, sort of this complaint that they're taking up jobs, and you know, there's just too many of them, and it's changing culture and all this stuff. So I used to watch Kung Fu. I know exactly you what you're talking about with Kwai Chang King. But for a lot, for a lot of them, funny. <laughs> for a lot of 70s them. TV show yeah, with yeah, David Carradine. I used to watch oh, Kung yeah. Fu. I know, right? Yeah. But, but a lot, you I used know, to practice it. <laughs> people, people like Frederick Douglass, uh, Phyllis Wheatley, Martin Luther King, um, they, they, they put a face to the people because the, the, the Americans, unfortunately, didn't look at them so much as humans as they did. Well, you know, they're, they, can't do, they're, they can't do what we do. So that's what you will see in, in their memoirs is, is that they're, if we give them their freedom, they don't know, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to be able to support themselves. So they were able to justify the things that they did. You know, now, you know, Frederick Douglass comes into the picture. People didn't understand he was, you know, a slave at one point. They're like, mm-hmm. no, this can't be a self-educated slave. Uh, Phyllis Wheatley, same thing. She wrote some, uh, some poems. Poetry, yeah, yeah that, that astounded. What, this is a, a black woman? You know, this is in the 1770s. So it takes people like your Phyllis Wheatleys and your Frederick Douglasses to, to make people realize, hey, you know what? I, I can't behave in such and such manner. Uh, Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres put a face to the lesbian community in terms of, you know, she was the, the first, uh, I, now correct me if I'm wrong, she was the first comedian that came out, came out and said, I'm a lesbian, blah, blah, blah. And she opened the door for other people later on. You know, she was a sacrificial she was for, lamb. She had a TV show called right, uh, These Ellen. Friends of Mine Became the Ellen Show. And that yeah. was where she was the first one to actually do that. Right. I, I used to watch Ellen mm-hmm. at the beginning because I remember when she did stand-up. And I always thought she was a funny comedian. 
and then her show went from being funny to being serious and yeah and then she went down but but she opened the door for other people and now you know it's not a big deal if if a lesbian comes on tv okay yeah so what she's a, did you just so, say comedian? Isn't he that did. what the word comedian? It's, it's, yeah. yeah, don't say that. I'm with him. probably the only I'm thing that Alan. upset me about what you just said. Comedian. <laughs> All the things, um, the white supremacy and the uh, that and no, the quotation. It's, that, yeah. it's the proper pronunciation of a female comic. Yeah, is uh, what sent him off. I got it. Yeah, I, I see where this is going. Oh, yeah, you, you just wait till this interview is over. I'm Team Allen on this one. Well, I mean, historically, going with I mean, like the the. You know the times are changing in a way, and we're like there's some there's some things we have control over, and some things we don't have control over. And you're looking at society adapting to certain you know expectations, but then also there's some left wing things or like left field things, not like liberal or something. I'm, I'm like there's stuff that just comes out of the left field to me. I'm like, why are we even talking about this? Like, what's going on here? And like, do you do you guys see historically? You know, it's whoever has the gold gets to make the rules, kind of mentality the way the world works and with these corporations and these high like you know these big money that heavily impact areas either through jobs or through taxes or through things like that do you guys see these big companies kind of like using that power because i know in the past you know since our country's been here big companies have been able to use their influence on politics to get certain things mm-hmm. and then i'll never fully understand the, la- the layers that it could go mm-hmm. but it's kind of like going forward do you see these companies really having the bigger control over our government and our country going down going to, like down the road well if you look at say hollywood you know i think we had a discussion once about the, the victor's telling the history mm-hmm. but uh, you know for me that's not always going to be the case sometimes you know, the people who, who you know, like, I'm going to give example, Hollywood. Um, there were two movies that came out in the 60s that were, say, pro-Israel. Um, one was called Exodus, and the other one, something about giants. They may be giant? No, no, no. no, uh, no. Uh, um, it had John Wayne and Kirk Douglas in it. I, um, I know what you're talking about. Um, but but, but those, those two movies were, say, pro-Israel. Since then, your uh, Hollywood has uh, cast a giant shadow. I think that's what it's called. I think you're right. Okay. Since then, Hollywood has kind of changed in the way yeah. they looked at Israel, and now it's more of uh, there's a lot of Arab movies that are coming out where maybe the Ar- the Arabs are the victims, or um, you know, I, I don't want to use that term. I have to be careful what I'm saying, but oh, now you got to be careful. Yeah, I know. What I know. Okay. But well, it's, I mean, it's whoever whoever can tell the story, the ones that they're, they're going to have an influence. Hollywood has an influence. That was part of what I was saying. That if you go back sixty years, you can see a change in our society. Um, you had God taken out of the schools. You had the fatherhood in, say, the black community and other communities um, go down. And it has been in the last sixty years where our society has changed. And, you know, Apple and several other companies now have a huge influence on, on how we deal with, with, uh, with subjects, how we deal with countries, how we deal, um, you know, whatever topic you want to you bring up, that they're going to have well, a major influence. Well, yeah, because like, that was kind of where I was going with, like, the Black Lives Matter to me was the big billboard of, like, oh, man, 
this is pretty funny to me because mm-hmm. they're they're pulling all the stops trying to to act like basically piggyback on this movement mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking like really does that affect their bottom line i always wonder that i'm like no usually the most most of the time these companies who make decisions they actually make a decision they know that it's not going to hurt them really in the end it might hurt them a little bit but it might actually make them more money that's or they can pull a good year and suddenly you know backpedal and say i don't even know those guys well, well nike has nike done better with colin Kaepernick? yeah probably I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I don't buy Nike anyway. Well, that's what I mean. That and that's what kind of told me about the NBA with China. And I'm like, come on, guys, like, you can't be that daft. But they can be. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea. I have no idea what the conversation goes at the table with all the owners. And they're like, are we making as much money as we were? I don't even know. Like, see, I, I think to to that point, like, I think there is a difference between a brand and individuals that are part of the that you identify with. Like Nike, like we grew up with Nike. Yeah. Right. That was Michael Jordan was the greatest thing ever. Still is. Um, well, not well, basketball player. Nike's not hurting, by the way. Here, here's a yeah. two-year trend on them. They're not but hurting But you have all. people who are already, they're like, Nike is my brand. Like that's just, I'm not going to buy Adidas. I'm not going to buy Reebok. I'm not going to buy any of these other. I do Nike. I don't like what they're doing maybe, but that's my brand. The NBA, people still love the NBA, but they love the NBA. But there are individuals that represent the NBA, unlike Nike. Nike's not really represented by individuals, except when you bring in, you know, Michael Jordan, and then now you have, like, Colin Kaepernick, right? He did have Tiger Woods at one point. Yeah, he had Tiger Woods. And then he did something. He did something. Whatever ended up with that. Less than stellar. They still make Tiger Woods stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't he just win a Masters, or he won something? Yeah, Yeah, he's back. No, I remember Nike going, no more Tiger Woods. Really? I remember that. Well, he was accused of spousal abuse. Yeah, and, well, but then like they're still making Tiger Woods. Is Nike? Because I remember Nike. It was saying that Nike no matter it no longer makes the products that have the Tiger Woods stuff. So if you bought a Tiger Woods club today, from what I understood, it wasn't made by a Nike factory person. It was made. It might be made by somebody else. This is the same country that's treat, treating Mike Tyson as a comedic genius. Yeah. Well, no. I, but what I was saying is like. You have individuals that are representing the brand of the NBA or the MLB yeah. or the mm-hmm. NFL, and you have 30-plus teams, you know, in all those leagues. Well, you're going to, like, for Houston, you've got the Rockets and you've got the Texans and the Astros. and if, The Arrows. Don't forget the Arrows. No, they're gone. Damn it. The Arrows are gone? Yeah, they left a long time ago. Yeah, man. Where you been? I've not here, obviously. Hey, listen, I've, I've, uh, I don't even watch NFL anymore. I used to. I every. Well, it's not on right now, so I don't. Huh? Know. I mean, but well, what no, no, sense. no. But yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to watch the NFL this year. I'm yeah, just not. Well, yeah. I think. That's what I'm saying. It's like you're going you to hit lose. something. Other, other one. There you there go. go. Yank the cord. Um, what I was saying is, you're going to have people who are saying, "What is that? Somebody just shoot." Something? No. 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 Okay. But what I was saying is like you're gonna have people who are like, no, I'm not I'm not I like the NBA, I love the NBA, I grew up with the NBA, but those who are representing the NBA or the NFL, no, I'm not gonna do this. And I will I will just bide my time until they learn their lesson and maybe those guys move on to a different team or maybe they retire and you sort of replenish the league. You replenish the brand. Well, with with Nike, you're like you can sort of separate the two because you're not cheering for an individual. You're wearing a specific brand. Now there are some people who are gonna like I'm not I'm not buying Nike anymore. 
Yeah. But with the NBA, it's like it's an immediate thing. Like you have to make a decision. Are you going to purchase through your eyes that game? Are you going to watch with all the Black Lives Matter, you know, stuff on the on the floor and on their jerseys? Are you going to do with that? Are you going to deal with the kneeling during the flag? Is that something you're cool with? Because that's an immediate purchase right there. Mm-hmm. You can't pause and, you know, treat it like a brand. Treat it like a like a purchase like in, in with Nike. You can't do it. So it has to be a decision that's made right then and there. What are you going to do? Which is why you see the ratings dropping massively. Because the decisions that are being made, like you represent the NBA right now. I'm not in agreement with what you're doing, but I love the NBA. I can, you know, and I can wait it out. Well, mm-hmm. I went to, uh, I graduated from A&M. And I'm not going to watch any A&M football games until the current players are all gone. And once they're gone, maybe I'll come. I, well, I probably will come what back. What do they but, do? Well, the, the guy that saved the university, his name was Sul Ross, was, yeah. a, was uh, in the Confederate Army. He was a general. And, you know, they, I've, never seen, I've never seen such a division at A&M. The, the guy... The, the Sol Ross. They're, they even have a university yeah. named after him. He's the West guy. Texas. My university Prairie, was on Sol Ross Boulevard okay. in Montrose. Prairie, Uni- Prairie A&M University is because of Sol Ross. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he did quite a bit for black kids. But because he had that stain of being in an army that everybody in the state of Texas was in, you mm-hmm. didn't have a choice. When you were in, in the 1860s, if you lived in Texas, you fought in the Confederate Army. So you can't use... 21st century um, standards to judge somebody for 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 fighting in for fighting for Texas, which is really what they were doing at the time. And, and listen, before somebody accuses me of it, I know I'm not a uh, fan of the Confederacy for the reasons given. But but Saul Ross mm. did quite a bit, and this and there's a statue of him not as a Confederate but as a statesman. So there, some of the players want that statue come, to come down. And there are Aggies that are going to defend that statue. Now, when I went to A&M, the only division that I saw was that, you know, this is back in the 80s, uh, somebody would build a a little shanty because of South Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't care. All right, somebody built a a shanty um, in in front of the academic building. I didn't care. I just ignored it. I saw it. It didn't bother me. Okay, but that was it. That was the only division. Now you have Aggies... Facing off against other Aggies over a statue, and I all I wanted to say was I wanted to, to tell some of these players who are only going to be there for two to four years, you know, thanks a lot. And then I'd throw an expletive, which I won't because I'm sure this is a family show. But uh, yeah, we are family. family. Thanks, thanks to these guys, and the Aggies are now divided because oh, you're offended by a statue. Well, I I think it's also. That's where the leaders come in, and they were able to quash those kind of things because they know, like, the, more and more leaderships well, are capitulating. But, but you can't quash something like that because then they're going to resist. What you have to do is you have to sit and talk to these idiot players. Going, just, look, do you know who you're condemning right now? Do you know what these guys did for context. the black community? I gotta exactly. say, it's, it's all, it all gets down to context. It really has to. Yeah. Every I mean, aspect of history, you got to put it in context. You know, Latrell Sprewell choked a guy 
And everyone was rallying. All the NBA players were rallying around him. Give him another chance. Let him. The guy choked his coach. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> that. Choked the coach. I mean, yes. And it's like, uh, and now, you know, and, and what's his name? The Michael Vick. Okay, he served his time. Okay, I didn't care. I, I, what he did was wrong. He served prison. He served his time in prison. He paid his debt to society. I had no problem with him playing football simply because he paid his debt to society. But Latrell Sprewell didn't pay a debt, and I didn't. I just couldn't understand why people were just rallying around him for choking his coach. <laughs> well, I mean, coach it, but, it. well, again, talking about, about going that? back to that original thing we were talking about the big brands and the big companies, like because to me, that's who I see having the ultimate power when you're trying to do anything that has like a, a drastic impact on our society. So because. Because to me, what would happen if the top six tech companies go, hey, we're not going to, we don't like America anymore. You guys suck. You guys represent what we don't want, you know, whatever. We're moving to China. Like, what kind of impact would that happen, have on our economy here? But also just kind of like, I, don't, I, don't I, think, I, I think there would be a, a company to, uh, yeah, to replace it. To That's the thing is, like, as long as you have the free market, you'll be able to replace that yeah. in no time. One, that, that information and that technology... Whatever is out here right now is available. Like people have already figured it out. Like they're already building it. So if you'd say, I've got the market share and who's the biggest purchaser? Okay. Um, America and then China. And if you say, well, we're going to leave America. Well, go at your own peril and go somewhere else. But it's going to be replicated here or, or done better because then you won't have somebody with so much power and money buying you out every step of the way, you know. So well, I've, when I well, I personally believe is why these companies choose to be here is because we do have the the land of the law, and we're also the strongest country. So they have the support of our government to protect them from certain things, and also when they go interact with other countries and everything, they have they feel like what they have the backing of the country of us. Did you say De Beers, the diamond? No, the backing. The backing. Okay, I thought you said De Beers. It's like, are we talking about diamonds now? <laughs> are you talking but, about blood diamonds? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, you were no, half no, a second ahead of me there. <laughs> no, but I, I just, the, it's so strange to me because I feel like the, the statue thing to me was somebody wants to make a change and what's a symbolic of a change, a statue being taken down. And regardless of what the statue is, it's just symbolic because it's coming down to these people. I feel like a lot of these people who are really angry that america sucks they need something to show that there's change that's why we need to hate donald trump mm-hmm. and this is why joe biden needs to be president because we need a change but i honestly believe when there is a change no one's going to know it happened because i don't think it's going to be like one well, day they're and- not going to acknowledge it i mean people are saying that we've america has never been a more racist country than it is now which is so absolutely bizarre mm-hmm. to even hear but it's like who was the president the last two terms before Trump? It's like, you know, we broke that wall, that yeah. ceiling, if you will, that glass ceiling. We finally got a, a black president, you know? So that's the very top. You, know, you can't get any higher in, in, in America. But now, all of a sudden, we are the most racist country. And it's like, logically... It's like we were on a podcast the other day, and he's like, do you think that maybe people would see things differently or maybe things wouldn't be so bad if Trump wasn't so, you know, forceful or rude, you know, or caustic the way he, he says stuff? 
And it's like, no, it, it doesn't matter how he says things. He could say things so elegantly. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. Susan People B. Are, was it Susan B. Anthony? He mm-hmm. pardoned Susan B. Anthony, and they canceled her like twelve, uh, two hours later. Yeah, they 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 condemned. She didn't want to be pardoned. The pardon. Yeah. Did you hear about that? I, I heard about her getting pardoned. Yeah, yeah. but the, and did you see the reaction? And that's the, the thing. The it's reaction like, was you don't have the right matter. to pardon her because she Jack, needed Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion of the world. He pardoned. No one else was. No one pardoned him. He had a black president for two, mm-hmm. two terms, who is a sports fan. And he didn't pardon him. And it's not like the the family like just rested on their laurels. They was been, he alive? Or no, no, he's no, been he's dead. Been, he's been dead. So God what happens when you pardon somebody when they're dead? It's just kind of like it's just a well, the family. It doesn't change. It's, it's, it's for the family. Yeah, yeah it's because, a vindication. Yeah. It's just oh. to clear the guy's name. I thought it was like a Wikipedia change or something like that. <laughs> oh, you like, better believe it is. So, but, but well, I, mean, I think the, I think like, the family of that fighter were there. For it the does not matter, and it goes back to the identity politics. People have identified with something. And it, 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 irrational or not, it doesn't matter. I belong to a group now. And now I have something to identify with because it goes back to, I have zero foundation in my life. Therefore, if I can just rely on, you know, oh, do you say something? You said something? Okay, I, I agree to that. It does not matter if it's rational or makes sense. It just goes, like the, the social justice thing. You can't justify it because it's not just. But you justify it because you want it, you want it to be, and that's it. Everybody, all these people, like say, yes, this is how it should be. Basing it in law, and in actual justice, does it add up? No, but that doesn't matter. And that's where we are. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, no matter what Trump does when he gets out of office or or, or whatever, it's, I don't know if it's ever going to be the same. Getting Trump reelected or getting Biden elected. I just it's not going to be a an end all be all solution. It's not. But do you feel like there people are making it to be like that? Well yeah, they wanted to to make it. What do you, know, what, do you what, like what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Which part? Well like whoever gets elected that's how pe- that's how we're kind of being told what to yeah, feel is it'll like fix it. this will fix it. Even if you're for Trump or well, this is why you have to de- de- um, decentralize our, our government. Right. Why are we making the the presidency so, so powerful? So important too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that it's going to affect. I don't want the presidency to affect my life. I want the president to manage the country. You know, uh, if you are talking about treaties or you're talking about possible wars, I want to have a strong, tough president. I don't care if he hurts. The feelings of people. I mean, look at uh, like look at Mitt, Mitt Romney, Mitt yeah. Romney, and uh, George W. Bush. They played nice. They played nice. Um, he was it. He mentioned that he put a dog in a uh, cart on top of mm-hmm. their car when, and and he was uh, you know crucified for it, even though Obama was eating dog in Indonesia, and you know, and George W. Bush was you being nice. Mouth. I'll be quiet. <laughs> And, and the, the binders of women, that sort of thing. Well, now, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. You know, look, Trump is like now, Trump is the gunnery sergeant Hartman. I've been wanting a gunnery sergeant Hartman for president for a long time. This is why I love it when he yells back at the, at the journalists and, and says things to them, because I cannot stand journalists. I have seen journalism turn into false narratives since I was a kid. When I was in the Middle East and I saw how journalists will give you a false narrative 
time and time and time again. It's why I don't trust them. I have not trusted them since the, since the late 70s. It's because of the things that I saw. I used to think that Walter Cronkite was, the, uh, was, was a truthful, you know, said what he, what he said was gospel, okay? But then I found out later on when I talked with many vets that fought in Vietnam is that they, they blamed him for the Tet Offensive becoming a strategic victory for the, for the communists, mm-hmm. even though... You know the uh, the South and the Americans won that one because the the Viet Cong and NVA lost so many soldiers and so many guerrillas. It became a victory for them because of men like Walter Cronkite. So I, but it's, I don't. But think, I, I don't think I don't think you'll ever win a war if you get the guerrillas fighting for you. That's insane. You don't think you'll ever what? win a war if you get the gorillas fighting for you. Have you heard of you? Gorillas, not gorillas. Oh, the gorillas? Like, uh. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I, I don't know. There, I've seen movies, you know, Planet of the Apes, but that's. You know. Well, I mean, that's one thing that I always wondered about is like people who do want to win and do want to benefit from someone else's like loss or things like that. I was like, you know, in history is. I think there's plenty of examples of history that we can learn from. Is like, how do you really do you take over a country? I mean, that's we've we've had several dictators in the history of the world to know. Like, let's figure it out. Like, there was a way they took over, and people use strategies and things like that today. And I'm kind of I'm I'm wondering how to do it because that'd be that'd be kind of a cool way to, you know, what, is there a, there's got to be a book out there like what's the pathway to become a dictator? You know, well, it has to be out of chaos for well, one. Look at Napoleon and Hitler. Yeah. Well, okay. Duke, we had um, oh God, I, I just dropped his name. Our guest the other day with the books, we gave out, gave away the books. One Terry of his, Weaver, yeah, Terry. Thank yeah. you. One of his books was he researched the snot out of. That's when I say great, not necessarily you know good guy great world leaders throughout history and broke them all down. Kind of basically, it was like a, you know, a, a highly effective ha- or effective habits of highly good or, or highly important world leaders, you know, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great. Remember that? That, yeah. that was his nonfiction book, so it exists. Well, you have to, what you have to do is if you look at some of the dictators uh, in the last, say, 500 years, they came out of chaos. Hmm. Um, you know, like Venezuela right now, I, I don't think Venezuela is ready for a dictator. An- another one. Maduro is there, yes, but if Maduro falls... And in the and the free people, the, the people who want freedom, don't get their act together. I see a lot of infighting. I see a lot of a, a lot of civil wars, and out of that civil war, I think will come a dictator because he's going to say, you know, law and order. I'm, I, you know, yeah. we have not had stability for t- ten years, twenty years. And, I will bring and, that stability, and, that's and what, he'll ruin with an iron fist. Yeah, Plato said the same thing in in Plato's Republic, or I mean, Socrates said that in Plato's Republic where that's the promise, is I will come and restore peace, more or less. Like, that's how he comes to power. Uh, He's talking about pure democracy, creating this chaos, um, and that's how you end up getting a dictator, is he comes in and he says, I'll restore everything. Mm -hmm. And then you have a tyrant. Um, and I think it comes out of out of chaos. You look at the Russian Revolution. Um, the place was in you know, it was during World War One that Lenin comes in. Um, and so there's chaos there. Uh, you have Germany, you know, with the rise of Hitler. Uh, you have Francisco Franco uh, in Spain, 
and then you have you know Mal uh, comes well, in. Look at and Santa it's just Anna. All of this stuff going on. Yeah, Santa, Santa Anna, Anna be, was numerous times he came in because Mexico could not have a stable government, mm-hmm. and the place would just go to hell. And Santa Anna would come right back, and he was the dictator on numerous occasions because there was chaos. He came in. He promised to restore law and order. And the Mexicans kept giving Santa Ana chance after chance after chance because there was nobody else who could do it. And he ruled with an iron fist. Well, can I book in this to, you know, like one of the our opening topics? You're saying out of chaos comes a dictator, and you're listing these examples. What about the chaos of COVID and a candidate saying, oh, I'll, I'll shut everything down to save you from it? Mm-hmm. Does this fall under that category? Nice leading there you like you know, that? with your questioning. Yeah. How well, right I mean, do you think I am on I, a scale I, of one to five? Um, I don't think it would work because there's too many people. One? Yeah, there are so too many people. That, like, yeah, there are too many people that won't tolerate that type of an iron fist. It may it may have worked in China, but it's not going to work here. And it comes it's down to that's the thing is like China and Russia, those land masses, like on the same scale as America, you know, massive, massive population. The difference is theirs is all centralized government. Ours is not. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to push against is more centralized government. So, yeah, you are going to have, like, the governors who come in, like Gavin Newsom. He comes in and says, shut down everything. Again, churches, you can't have church. You can't do all of this stuff, right? And then you have people who are even in that state that are pushing up against that. I don't think I don't think that it's, it's going to have to get really bad in order for that to happen but i don't think i don't see that taking i i do foresee during during the month of of november and after getting terrible mm-hmm. like we had a shooting last night in and uh kenosha or whatever yeah. in wisconsin and for people to be if they think like oh my god you know that that's the beginning i'll just tell like viewers now this is not going to stop. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like what we talked about with a guest on our show, uh, uh, Joe Wolverton, um, which if you listen on Monday at 1 p.m., you heard it. Um, he was saying, if the citizens don't care enough, let it burn. Like, we were talking about that. Yeah. Like Portland, if the citizens don't care, mm-hmm. if they're not, if they don't care enough about their city... Who who are we to say, hey, you guys need to, you know, chill out or maybe we should go over there and, and help or send federal troops? Like, no. Yeah. If you don't care, then from our perspective, let it burn. Burn it to the ground. Whatever. That's that's up to y'all. That's why there's fifty states. It's not just one mass land land mass where the federal government gets to pick and choose, like, okay, we're gonna shut you down and everything like that. No. Yeah, that's not how it is. And that's why I don't think a dictator can rise from this can you have a terrible president well, especially in te- if the dictator yeah, came sure. from somebody probably be from texas because everyone thinks if you're born in texas like you're better than the rest of the country so. well i mean that'd be right true, i did vote for h ross we, Perot, we have we have also <laughs> had some bad presidents from texas lyndon johnson and george w you that's because they took the wrong approach yeah, yeah. yeah. He was fit. a conservative like his first four years, and then something happened to him his last four, George W. I mean, I campaigned for the guy, but yeah, something happened to him. 
but well, you know, I, but, but in Seattle, Apple got Shaz. to him, man. Huh? Apple got was to it? him. It I'm sure it's Triple A, Chaz or Chomp or whatever the Chop Zone, whatever. Yeah. My my thinking is is you know what if if Seattle is going to go through this, let them let them do it. I if if President Trump was going to say we're going to send federal troops, I'd be against it. You know, Lincoln tried to organize seventy five thousand troops because of what happened in South Carolina. And there were many states that were like, uh, no, we're not going to send 75,000 men to help you suppress South Carolina. And, you know, it, it caused a lot of problems. It's why many states um, even withdrew from the Union was because of Lincoln's response to uh, what happened at Fort Sumter. But, and, and I think the same thing would happen now if, if Trump were to send troops into Portland or into Seattle they need to clean up their own mess. It's not affecting me. And if if they want to if they want to become the most whacked out city, the most whacked out state, it's not going to affect like me. It. Just don't yeah. tell me that my money, my mm-hmm. tax dollars, is going to um, repair the damage that you've created. You fix your own mess. Well, I mean, I think that's. Uh, I think a lot of individuals will have that perspective of it because you really don't know what how it directly affects you in Portland. But I, I mean, I think there the turning points. There are going to be some certain things that, with these riots and things, are going to start really affecting people. Because, like for example, say someone sets a thing on fire and some families in it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people going like, Dude, "Why aren't we stopping this?" And, and maybe that'll be in, let's say, in Portland as 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 a reference point. Maybe if something like that happens, maybe the townspeople do well, wake do, up. Do, yeah, yeah. They, know, they it need goes to, back to the it's old have, school thought of the townspeople. They have to wake up and say, all right, that's far enough. And the fight has already begun, so you're going to yeah. have to go well, in prepared to fight. The only thing that's going to change it is Texas, them storming the quick. mayor's mansion instead of her putting up the, the block, you know, barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, that those who are in power get are in danger of it. Right now, they're, you know, the same people saying defund the police are, are spending $6,000 a day for their personal bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Um once those bodyguards leave or say, you know, when they're in danger, that's that's the only way it's going to yeah. change. Or you, or you vote them out of office. Bingo. And know. we've already got the special election being planned for. Um, uh, there's a mayor who the, the just got approval for a special election for a recall vote. In what state? Is I'm trying to remember. I'm, I've drawn a blank. Not Minneapolis, is it? In a place that doesn't matter. I don't think it's clearly because oh. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anything of that. I, I, I gotta. What would you guys say? Because we gotta be closing it up. Like you guys like living here, right? I love it. You haven't yeah. really had those ideas, or like this is getting kind of crazy. Or well, I mean, are you I, talking about Texas or Houston? Like we are right now. Like no, I'm, I, I'm happy with Texas, um, yeah. Houston. I live in Houston, uh, in the city, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sick of Lena Hidalgo. I'm sick of uh, Sylvester Turner. I'm. I'm I'm tired of them, and there's a part of me that just wants to move out of Harris County and go live in one of the counties where they just leave me the hell alone. Well, Montgomery County does that, huh? Montgomery, Montgomery County. County's pretty good, is it? You know, yeah. and it, I, mean, I, I mean, I got really irritated when with our county judge who put in the mandate for for the mask at the beginning, um, and then like the lockdown, and then the the um, what the. Was it the old school uh, Gestapo? You know, you got to have the papers in order to move about after 10 p.m. and stuff. I'm like, when in, what's going on here? You know, anyone can become a tyrant. And it's just sometimes you wake up, and I think the county judge here woke up to the like, okay, that's, that's too far. Lena Hidalgo, 
has not woken up to that. Mm-hmm. Houston, Houston's turning into a bit of a, a, an, a real issue with that. And the downside is you have the good people that don't like that type of behavior. And, and that's not that I'm saying that, you know, bad, only bad people stay. That's not the, that's not the case, but people were like, I'm not doing this. I'm voting with my feet. I'm, I'm leaving the city. And it's just like, well, that's no good because then who's going to stay there and say, all right, we've got to overturn this stuff and change this. We got to sort of stem the tide. Um, yes, I, I love but Texas. But it does hurt the pocketbook, like the mass exodus from New York and California right yeah. now. It's going to hurt those left behind. And it, it is going to hurt eating those their who own. were left behind. And it's like those hard lessons, it's just like what comes of it? Does it do the people finally wake up the ones who have been voting maybe a specific way and all of a sudden they come to the come to the realization that my votes have screwed up this city or do you become like Detroit and you never recover? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like all of a sudden like you've just. Or if you're in California, hopefully Lex Luthor's bomb lands on the San Andreas fault. We leave Allen alone. That's leave, that's, that's well, what you know, I've learned it, today it, about you, Alan. You just leave him alone. Leave him, reminded, leave him with his sheep. I'm reminded of the Martian Chronicles where people move to Mars to yeah. get away from the law, and then the law shows up, and mm-hmm. we're going to start imposing. But right now, we don't have anywhere to go. The United States, I, I looked at yeah. moving to Australia, and it's it's kind of a, it's not a socialist, but it's a nanny state. I mean, they can the cops will pull you over for any reason. But they'll say we want to check you for uh, for drinking and driving DWI. We're the only and, country with a bill of rights. Well, I mean, and and, and I, you know, my cousin lives in Melbourne, and we're driving around, and she's following the laws, and she gets pulled over, and oh, we're mm-hmm. we're just doing a test real mm-hmm. quick, and they do it, and they do it, and they do it frequently. If you go to Australia, they do it quite often. So we 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 have to fight yeah. if we see our rights being taken away slowly. Or, or suddenly, we can't just run away. I mean, I can run away out of Harris County, but I'm not leaving Texas. And I'll be damned if I'm going to make them turn Texas into a, a blue state. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to fight, and, and we I, have I, to fight. I think it comes down to, to that. The, the lack of fathers in the home, the lack of manliness in the state. We need men, strong men, men of character who will stand up and say, government, you are not my mother. Therefore, you need to leave us alone. Make your laws that are just, not random. Leave us alone and let us run our families. Let us run our communities. And, and, and that's it. But it's a long T-shirt. You got to look at yeah. it as a. Ho- you have <laughs> but to look it's going to be a good one. I mean, you have to look at it as a homeowners association. We're working on it right now. A homeowners association doesn't tell you how to run your household. They they they're supposed to set like a certain boundary. You know, you can't do certain things. But to run your own home, the HOA shouldn't have any. Yeah, say as long, as, long as the grass is cut. And the, but like, know. what do you do inside your own home? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, do you leave the toilet seat up or down? You know, stuff like that. I don't want the government telling yeah, it me it should be a federal law. Yeah, it should be a federal law. Well, if a woman falls in, then I'm going to have to put. You know, they can justify everything abuse. exactly. Yeah. Well, you, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's great. Bye bye. Great.
Uh, yeah, we got to get going. We went long tonight. Um, it's, it's The sun has gone down. You're listening to us in the morning, but yeah. now that we've had an exciting weekday evening uh, doing this, what a great conversation. We could keep, keep this going. Uh, so, you know, Dustin Allen's Sons of History. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you guys aren't just okay with a lot of the randomness that's happening because, I mean, it's kind of fun, isn't it? A lot of the what? The randomness. Just the chaos. Like, I mean, Oh, I don't mind random, and I don't mind chaos. I just don't want the government mandating the chaos. Yeah, I can take care oh, of that. The, that works on a T-shirt. Yeah. I can yeah. take care of the Karen's trademark there, <laughs> if uh, someone is going to yell the at me. Libraries and the yeah, li- yeah, the or bookstores, you know, stuff like that. Um, I may go back over there and confront that guy. Maybe have yeah. have it hanging out of one ear like I did. Doing one ear thing, right? And Speaking of your librarian, uh, yes, that made that statement. It's just like no, like if your pay is guaranteed by the state. You're going to be a fan of socialism. Yeah. No, I mean I don't see that being 100. It's kind of well. We also got on that sidetrack about you can be a capitalist society with social programs doesn't make you a socialist state because mm-hmm. you're like, well, schools and libraries those are socialism, so we're already socialist. No, you can be capitalist and still have a social program to help others. Well, Denmark, the Scandinavian countries are not socialist. They say that they're not socialist. They are free market, but they have a lot of social programs. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Yeah, yes. There's a balance. I, there, I mean, I think there's a balance to the way we govern. You govern somebody. There is a balance, and but at the same time, you try to get it away with as move. much as you can. Well, you know, we uh, in the the, uh, right? the colonial period, uh, the beginning of the country, we didn't have a police force. We didn't. If you look it up. We had, you know, uh, there would, yeah, granted there might be like a sheriff, but but there were no cops that were running around. You know, you had militias. Everyone was in a Thank militia. Thank God for the Irish. Yeah. So, um, I mean, is that is that how we have to go about? Maybe we, if we're going to defund the police, then you're, we're going to have to have the well-regulated militias to secure the peace. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you, you can't just say we're going to, you know. Back then, they didn't have fire we departments. Really, we really got to end the show. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have fire departments. You had people coming out with a fire brigade. Bye yeah, bye. love you, man. Okay, right. <laughs> we're getting these guys back in the yeah. studio, right? Well, yeah. When I actually we'll have tomorrow. good questions and stuff, <laughs> so I got to get better questions. Well, yeah, time. we'll pick it. We'll pick a topic. I want to go more on conspiracy theories because I think there's that's all around us. I think it's a real deal. Well, see, Dick and I deal. believe that AAA is actually the gateway, uh, the, the front to the Illuminati. I because can see if it. you notice. AAA, the American Automobile Association, was formed three years before the first automobiles were mass-produced for public consumption. They knew what was coming. Yeah. Isn't the A equals six in some... I mean, I bet. Uh, I bet. uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm being that, told. That, that was Nero. That was, that was Alpha America I mean, for Nero. There's, there's so much stuff going on you could read into. It's going to be great. That's what, I mean. We got to get AAA back on the phone. We got this one guy on. We, he was great. Yeah, he was playing along with our Yeah, we, we told him, theory. listen, we're going we're gonna to accuse you of being well, a we Luminati. still plug the plans he offered and stuff like that. We're like, yeah, yeah, 100 bucks a year. We get it. We get it. It's a great service. <laughs> Did we get the Masonic ritual package? Yeah, what, how do we get in in? We want to get in in. Dick, get but, us the heck out of here, yeah, man. Yeah, we're out of here. We're getting the out out. All right, guys. Listen to Dick and Skippy. We'll see you guys later. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. 
more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.